This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm looking forward to the future under Bogey. You know, we're, we're making the right signings. He believes in himself um, and he believes he has what it takes to get out of this league. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But it's all about personnel um, and just change. We've got to get rid yeah. of some of the dead wood in the squad. Hi, Blue fans. Marlon King here. You're listening to the Blues Focus podcast. Keep right on. Hello and welcome to the Blues Focus podcast with me, your host, John Graham. Um, thank you for taking the time for downloading this pod. Uh, if you're watching it on YouTube, please subscribe if you haven't already. Leave your comments. And hopefully we've got a few things to discuss over the coming weeks. Or if you're downloading this on various podcast outlets, then I hope you enjoy the listen. Um, before we get started, uh, Obviously, the two usual protagonists, even though Tom spent eternity to eat spaghetti bolognese. Tom, how are you? Uh, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? <laughs> yeah, fabulous. It was it was definitely worth the wait. Uh, Carl, <laughs> and, and how are you, mate? Yeah, all good. Thank you, buddy. All good. good. Right, let's get involved. Uh, Going to talk through the last two fixtures, bit of a mixed bag. Um, some, I think, very, very ordinary and some... Still probably reeling from the weekend. I don't actually know what I saw there. It, I think it actually was decent football. Uh, it's been a while. So, um, Carl, uh, let, let's just maybe cover off the the, the, the Bournemouth game. Uh, expectations probably not uh, particularly high and uh, they didn't disappoint. No, no. I think that whilst I think we had maybe a three and a half minute flurry in the first half where we, I think we got a couple of corners and... Maybe people should have been on the end of stuff. We weren't, I think, if we're honest, we weren't really in the game until Lerma got sent off, which, you know, not really sure why the Bournemouth fans seem to take umbrage with Hernandez for that challenge. Not our fault he tried to study halfway up his thigh, was it? Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us really hand on heart expected anything, especially, you know, with the signings they made on deadline day, which was just ridiculous. Um, I think those alone probably cost more than our entire squad, let alone. The rest of their bloody team. Um, I think. Uh, I think I referred to. I think all we kind of really wanted was at least some kind of passion fight. You know, certainly with the way that the Sheffield United get, uh, game ended, it was a bit kind of crap and and stuff. And you kind of want that. And it just didn't feel like there was any of that until Lerma got sent off, and and from there it picked up. Obviously, but yeah, no real expectations. Just not a a six two battering was was kind of my thinking behind it. Yeah, I must admit it. Two nil. I was. Uh trying to do anything else but watch the game as it just had that horrible four, five, maybe six about it. But uh, fair play didn't happen. Tom, Tom, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I feel like it was an entertaining game. We'll, we'll go we'll go with that angle. <laughs> you know, the, there was many ups and downs. There was a point where you really thought we were going to get back into the game. Uh, momentum was on our side. Um, but then we just showed exactly why we are nowhere near Bournemouth. Um, I mean, their bench was pretty much better than our entire first team. Um, and that, that sums it up. They just had so much more quality on the ball. I think we surprised them a bit. Obviously, the red card aided us, um, but it was a red card. You can't just go around drop kicking who you like. 
Um, it's, it's not how football works. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like it was nice to see a bit of fight, make the game a little bit entertaining. It's crazy how much Onel Hernandez can change a game for you. But I think we as fans were a bit baffled why he didn't start in the first place. But you could understand if you're going to rest him. That's probably not a bad game to choose because are we likely to get anything from Bournemouth away? Probably not. So um, I suppose you can see some aspects but um no he looked very fit and sharp to me when he came on got us back in the game um we had a few chances through Gardner and Duke but we just couldn't seem to put the ball either side of the keeper it's like every single shot had to be directly at the center of the goal um otherwise if we we uh, we had put it either side we could have been talking about a 3-2 blues or uh, a 2-2 or a 3-3. But hey-ho, that's football. They're a much better side than us at the end of the day. So um, it was it was nice just to just be entertained for at least five minutes. Yeah, I, I think they've got... Um, obviously, they'd, they'd had that embarrassing defeat in the FA Cup, uh, was it three or four days before? And uh, and they, I think they definitely started as if they were going to, uh, you know, give us a battering. But... You know, when when your back three is Pedersen, Mengi, and Collan, you're thinking, yeah, this is going to be quite a long evening. And yeah, I, I think we just about managed to just hang in. You buy our fingertips, you know, two 0 getting into into half time. Um, really, really good to see. Obviously, Graham again. I thought I thought he got this ability not to actually be to play, but still to get a cross in. Um, on a much lower level, a bit like Beckham used to do. No way comparing the two. Um, but he, he doesn't need to be to player and he's getting, he gets quality in and uh, I think that's pretty hard to defend. Um, I, and I think the the whole Sunjic starting thing is, is now become, uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's uh, days are numbered now. Um, it's just too limited. I think we were, we gave him a lot of respect, I think, in the first half and, and probably rightly so, but if you're just going to invite that on, you, you're just going to, you've got no chance and, uh, I think the, the the gaffer said that Hernandez didn't start because he was feeling his hamstring in the the end of the previous game. I think he came off maybe. Um, and yeah, you're probably right, Tom. I think if we'd have played Luton midweek, he'd have probably started. Um, but but the, you know, there's there's without sounding defeatist, I, I think even the the best Championship side Birmingham have had probably the you know when we went up going to Bournemouth against that Bournemouth side away. You'd, you'd take a point either, you know, with a really, really strong side, and we definitely didn't have that in the week. So, um, I think they probably did enough, not just for the manager in the squad, but probably for the fans to think that you know Luton might be a a different ball game altogether, and um, it certainly was a different ball game in so many ways. Um, certainly after the fourteenth minute. Uh, so when we when we uh, Again, starting lineup, uh, Tom. What were your thoughts? Happy, happy with the, the changes, albeit I suppose defense is 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 an ongoing worry. Yeah, um, the the defense is obviously the the glaring uh, problem right now with the side. And when obviously Mengi got injured in the Bournemouth game, you were like, oh no, 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 no. This could be a long old season. Um, you, you could just see it all going wrong but I mean I said on a podcast I think it was the last podcast we did to be fair um, how angry I was that we didn't bring in another defender Um, and I think you know I I voiced my opinion on how frustrated I was with guards for not bringing in another defender or you know leaving it so late um, in the day and we are starting to pay the price for that now um, with pretty much every central defender we've ever had getting injured. Um, I'm sure the fullbacks will probably follow suit as well, uh, just for a laugh. Um, but you never know. We'll, we'll see. Obviously, Andre Wisdom apparently training with Blues. I think it depends on sort of his fitness and his general overall condition. I mean, if he's relatively fit and not far off match fitness, then um, you, you'd sign him because we just need bodies at the back at the moment. Um, but if he's well off match fitness, then there's no point. You'd rather just wait for uh, the other defenders to come back and save your money. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but the midfield, I feel like 
our, our best midfield probably has Bakuna guards and probably Woods in it. Um, that that's definitely seemed like a good sort of trio so far. Um, but Lyle Taylor is the one that you just want to see in the the lineup every week, really, at the moment. So as so long as he's in there and Hernandez is in there, then I'm happy. Yeah, and 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 Carl, just on, I think that that midfield three. I, th- I think that's probably something we've been trying to find a balance for crikey quite a long time you know I, I, we've not really had that sort of I, I, I would class Woods him the most awkward footballer off the ball I've ever seen in my life <laughs> but give him a football at his feet he just comes to life and I think that bland that, that blend of a you know good footballer the energy of Garda and, and Bakuna that just you know we, we talk and you're right Tom, you know, when you say God's not bringing a defender in, it, it, just basic, you know, we, we, we've been shit at the back for years, you know, it's been, you know, we, we probably need more defenders than anything else, just to hope that we drop on a decent one. But, you know, the guy who did the business on Bakuna for 400,000, I mean, Jesus Christ, I mean, that, that's, I mean, I know it's, albeit three or four games, but he's done enough for me to, to really, uh, you know, that's that is a that is a play you can really build a midfield around. It's, yeah, his face painted on the wall behind your head. That's well, it would, that's yeah, what we're looking yeah. at. <laughs> on the mural, on the mural, Tyree shirt, fantastic. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I I just think you know as that that sort of um, the game progressed. Carl, so what were your obviously um, very much a, a happy birthday for you on Saturday? Thank you. So uh, were, were you? I mean, chuff, chuff with the the way we we started, chuff with the balance, and and what would you take on that sort of first half performance? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was a very scrappy game for for both sides. I don't think there was any real particular good football played um, up until obviously the, the the tennis balls in the fourteenth minute, which obviously upset Luton's momentum and ruined the game for them, and they were unable to recover from that big shock to their system. Despite being all over social media for weeks beforehand, they couldn't prepare for it. Poor Luton. Um, but I think after that, and then we obviously went and scored. And, and I think we said earlier, when we, before we started recording, John, I think that was it. I didn't see them ever coming back into it. And that they seemed to, once we scored, there just seemed to be this kind of rush of confidence through the team. And yeah. they just seem to think, we've got this. They haven't got nothing that we can't deal with. Um, and the balance just seemed to find itself and and they just seemed to absolutely just just click. And it was just so nice to sit there and go, we've got a football team. What the yeah. hell's going on? It's night and day to the, the end of the Sheffield United game to, um, okay, maybe Bournemouth is a bit of an exception like the Fulham game, but, but Bournemouth to a degree, certainly defensively, you know, they kind of went forward together. They defended together. I mean, I think Lyle Taylor ran 60 yards at one point to put a tackle in, you know, and that's the kind of stuff you need. And it just seemed like they were really, for one of the few times this season, actually working together and they knew what the game plan was and they were sticking to it. And I think as basic as that sounds, it worked. Yeah, and, and I think that um, so many games, I mean, we talked about the Sheffield United game and, you know, when we this sort of enforced change with Woods coming off completely derailed the way we were playing. And at no point on Saturday did we look like we dropped off. We just kept playing the way that we'd been playing to get us to 1-0 and then 2-0 and then keep going. And then, you know, whether it be... Bowie's been guilty of it a few times. Karanka was the bloody master at it. You know, as soon as you get your nose in head, head just shut up shop. And we didn't do that. And... I hope they take something from it because uh, I, was, I was saying to to my kids when we, we went to the game and so they just don't want any subs. I don't want any. So I know it's a long season, but when you're in a game like this and you've got complete control, don't change it because, you know, I, I, to be fair, you know, we we battered them in, in two games and I'm struggling to understand how they are where they are. But, you know, there's been a lot of games this season, so they're there on merit. You don't want to give him a foothold in any way, shape or form. And I'm glad that he, he wasn't tempted to do that um, because I think he, he he has sort of edged his bets a little bit, but I think we're really controlled. Um, and just one thing about Taylor, we'll put the, more than one, but the one that I'll, I'll mention now, there was a point where I think Pedersen had the ball just in the left-back area 
and he it was either an aim or smash or something like that. And Taylor absolutely emptied him. I mean, proper eyeball emptied him. And you, you just don't, I don't remember seeing that. And, and you know, Pedersen's, there's been plenty of times where people should be tucking into him. And he just feels like Taylor's got the appetite for it. And I hope it's not playing for a contract or playing for a move somewhere else or whatever it may be. But on with you, Tom. I think that it's been a long, long time since I can remember not, you know, really wanting to see somebody on the team sheet that that and could keep the momentum going. But I think you know that one-on-one. How many times have we seen Hogan in that position this season? And 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 that for me. And we'll we'll, we'll talk about the the three signings in a minute. But you know that that for me is is that's the difference. That's where. You know, Gardner and Bowie have got to take a whole a whole heap of credit because, you know, I I'd not seen a lot of him. He's you know Charlton to Forest, not game get any game at Forest. I'm not thinking we've signed an absolute world beater, but you know certainly from what I've seen so far, he's um he looks he looks he looks a good player to me. So what 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 do you what do you think about um, just Taylor in general, Tommy? You think that this could be a long term move for him or? This is again we've talked about loan players and this is the this is the challenge, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um it's an interesting one because it's nice to actually have a finisher for a change. You could probably say we have that in Deeney, but I think Taylor's a lot more mobile. Yeah. Um and the role that Deeney was playing in our squad, it he wasn't really sort of he obviously he's a great finisher, but he was actually being a bit more of a playmaker at times as well. Whereas Lyle Taylor is just an out and out striker. Um, he can hold up the ball really, really well and um, can, you know, play others into his game. But a lot of the time he just take the ball on himself and uh, he'll, he'll find the back of the net. And it, it's nice because we haven't had a striker like that for a little while. Um, so I do feel like he's going to give us plenty of goals towards the end of the season and it's probably just the sort of signing we needed. Uh, personally, I hope, you know, Guards breaks his little transfer policy thing again and just signs him and doesn't go, oh no, you're over the age of 28. We can't sign you. I think we're past that point now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'd be silly not to go back in for him um, because it looks like he's still got a lot to offer at this level, particularly under Boya. So, um, yeah, I, I hope we do sign Taylor permanently. I do think he's probably the most realistic of the uh, the loanies that we've got at the moment to actually sign permanently. Um, but, I mean, today, I don't really have a game for you, but I do have a question, um, a big question that might take a lot of thought. It might not. I don't know. Um, but I'll ask you both now. If you could sign one of our loans, one of our current loans, any of our current loans permanently, just one of them, who would it be? Mm. So, okay, I'll I'll go first. Um, Christ. I think I would probably go Taylor simply because, like you said, Tommy, he looks like a goal scorer, like a natural goal scorer. He's a handful. He made the first goal. He, there was a couple of absolutely just ridiculous touches. He pulled one out of the sky on the far right-hand side in the, I don't know, first half, at the end of the first half. It was just, and he's a shit house, You know, he's, he's you know, <laughs> give, giving the Luton fans a load of clog. He's just a proper blues player and, I really, really rate Hernandez, really rate him. Um, but the currency for Blues has always been trying to find a goal scorer. And, you know, if you take, you know, Che out the equation for, what, one and a half seasons, you know, th- we've been looking for a 20-goal-a-season player forever. And um, I'd always take that over a speed merchant, potentially. But, again, he, he's he scored a couple of goals. But I, I just think maybe... Taylor edges it just, but uh, I, I, I don't think there's much. I think Nengi's he's got a great future, but I'd, I'd probably much rather like to see a, a season 25, 26, 27-year-old centre-half that's just going to boss that back line. Um, 
you know, uh, again, show my age to do on every fucking podcast. Liam Dace type is what I want. Just no nonsense, real leader, clear people out. Don't mess about, you know, give it five yards to the people that can play football, that sort of centre half. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I think, yeah, Chong's is, is a good player, but I think for me, Taylor, for lots and lots of reasons. Carl? Mm, yeah, I think. I think Chong has got a bigger future elsewhere. So I don't think it's worth even contemplating that. You know, whether Man United exercise their option they've got on him or not, I think he's he's off somewhere bigger. I think he's a quality player, but he's not going to be sticking around the Blues. It's a really close... You know, if, if Sarkic had stayed and stayed fit, I would have made an argument for him. But if we're basing it on the players we've got now, it's such a close call between Hernandez and Taylor. It's... Uh, um, probably for the absolute shithouse factor I'll go with Taylor to be perfectly honest the blowing kisses at Luton Town fans for no other reason other than to wind them up was just perfect um, but no I've been mean, you've you've both kind of said everything about Taylor that, that I could say you know he just looks he knows where the back of the net is and I know that's such a cliche thing to say about a striker but he's got the experience at this level he knows what to do he knows where to find the back of the net he's proved that in the three games he played because I think None of his goals has necessarily been that easy either. When you when you look at them on merit, they're not tap-ins. Um, and they're really good finishes. And I think, like you say, that is that is quality that, you know, you really need in a championship side, you know. And I, I think, yeah. So so I think I'd, I'd have to agree with you. I think it would be him. But I think it would be a very close call between him and Hernandez if, if they only were told they could sign one of them. But I personally, I'd agree with both Taylor for me as well. What yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I th- obviously, I love Taylor to pieces. I mean, my wallpaper uh, on my phone says how much I love Lyle Taylor. Uh, but just just for a different opinion, I suppose, I will go Hernandez, but I do feel like I would have gone Hernandez anyway, just for the pure factor of how every time I watch him play for Blues, I'm like, we just don't deserve you. You're too good to be here. You shouldn't be here. Why are you here? <laughs> And, um, I, you know, I do sort of watch in disbelief. It's like I I just can't believe a player of his talent is actually playing for us at the moment. So, uh, no, I am surprised. I think, you know, Chong is one you could look at and think, oh, that's, you know, if we, if we had the opportunity to bring him back permanently, that's a real long-term project there. And we know what Chong can offer, despite being a bit injury-prone. But, again... Another another lone player I love. I'd love to see Matty come back. I'd love to see Mengi come back. So just bring the whole lone band <laughs> back together. Let's do it. Um, I honestly feel like we could properly build a team around some of those names. Um, but I probably I think you'll only see at least one of them return. Maybe maybe two at a push. Um, I, I'd be amazed if uh, if if Taylor keeps going the way he is. Bowyer will be making severe, um, you know, I think demands around keeping him. Uh, and, and, and Hernandez, because, you know, you, they they got these players. And, you know, I, I'd certainly say that, you know, I hadn't seen a lot of either of them to make a call. And now I've seen them in the flesh. It's like, you know, you're right, Tom, you, you, you can... You could, certainly, there's, Taylor's obviously, you know, no spring chicken. But for two seasons after this one, you could absolutely build a side around Hernandez and around Taylor and around Bakuna, uh, Gardner to a degree. Um, really like Graham. I don't know what, I, it, it's so tough because he's, he only gets a game when he's playing out of position, but he never lets us down. Um, it's, mm. it's just, yeah, it's, it's odd, but um, yeah, I, I, I would be massively disappointed. And, you know, it's my bugbear with loan signings that, if a loan signing comes off and he plays well, surely the fucking motivation is to is to sign them. Chong being the exception because, like like Carl said, he's probably got a bigger fish to fry. And I don't know whether he's a great fit for the championship. I don't. That, that's well, the thing I would say. Well, Chong and Hernandez, both of their contracts run out. Taylor doesn't. We would have to. I, I imagine Forrest had let him go for free, to be fair. If I'm being honest, I do think they'd let him go for free. So... On paper, they're not completely unattainable. No, no. And, and, and Sarkic would probably come at a small fee. 
um, Mengi another loan. It's it's doable. It's doable. But you know, if you were sat there on Football Manager or FIFA Career Mode, <laughs> slap a financial takeover in there. Life's good. But I, <laughs> but I, I think the other thing that I think the backstory to this is, if the if the owners are going to try somehow to win a little bit of fa- good favour back from the from the supporters. It's pretty straightforward what they need to do if we can keep this sort of this momentum going. You know, it's not like we're winning every game, but there just seems to be something going on there. I think within the team, yeah. And I think that's a that's a fairly easy win. Um, but I just I don't think any of us know. That I'm sure Harley there. Dean's wages could at least bring three of them in. <laughs> we're still paying them though, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. we're probably paying more paying. than Wednesday or apparently. yeah. Hi everyone, Robbo here. You're listening to the Blues Focus podcast. Keep right on. So let's just go on to, because I, I think I said the other week when we were, well, after the game, um, and just going back to this, this policy that's fairly rigid, but I think if we look at, Gardner's always been, not Gardner, Bo's always been really sort of, uh, express the need for more quality. I know it's not rocket science, but saying it and then actually bringing players that I think probably do up, upgrade you, you know, you do level up. So, Carl, what, what, would, what would you say, who do you think is having, having the biggest impact on the team and compared to maybe the, the player that he's replacing? Okay, it's almost as hard as the question before about who I'd want to keep out the bloody loan <laughs> sign-ins. So I, think, <laughs> I think out of all... Th- I'm going to leave Ted's out of it because I think he's, you know, ha- sw- having to learn to swim a lot faster in very deep water than I think we probably would have liked with the injuries we've got. Um, and I think he's acquitted himself very well, but I think he's still learning his game. You know, he's 19. Um, it's obviously, well, it's either one of the new three, isn't it? I think, you know, I think for 400k, Bakuna is ridiculous. And I think for me, he has improved or shown us what Gardner and Woods can do yeah. with that little bit of quality. They know if they give the ball to Bakuna and he's got his back to someone, the Bakuna is able to do something with it. Yeah. And, you know, I think JJ's done really well this season for a 17-year-old, but he isn't obviously anywhere near that level yet. No. I think despite my saying a few weeks ago that I would keep centric, I think it's been made very obvious that whilst he does run around like a headless chicken and make a nuisance of himself, that is about it. He can't even trap a ball. So you, you look at that difference and I think, Bakuna on his own without even thinking about Hernandez and Taylor just absolutely increases your potential in the midfield for, for a ball playing team do you know what I mean we're no longer having to bypass the midfield because they're going to yeah. lose it we can play it there and I think that was very evident on um, Saturday yes there were some long balls but we were playing through the middle which we've yeah. not really done and every time we've tried to it's gone horrendously wrong um, so I think it would probably be Bakuna and he's I mean I think you know, we paid, what, six, seven million for Sundic and 400k for Bakuna. It says it all, doesn't it, really? Um, so I would I would go with Bakuna just because I think he just gives you that little bit. He'll get the ball with his back to one on the touchline and you know he's not going to run it out of play or kick it against himself and get it out of play or play it backwards. He's going to look to turn and go forward. And if he has to go backward, he's spinning the other way to make a run to get the ball back. Yeah. Um, but also to the defensive side of his game, similar to what Taylor did, you know, he was running 50 yards back. He was running across the field to make a tackle. Okay. Sunjic runs, but how often does Sunjic's tackles come off as well? So yeah, yeah, Bakuna for me is the one that has really lifted the middle of the park. And it's just given us that option to play football rather than try to play football, get it wrong and resort to, to hoof ball. Yeah. So Tom, who do you you think's had the, again, I get, the player that's had the most impact in comparison to, I guess, the the player or players they've maybe replaced that have played in similar positions this season? Uh, the player that's had the biggest impact. Ooh. Um, I think it obviously comes down to um, the Caribbean trio. Um, and it's... Sort Adam, I love that, that you've got the title in there. Well done. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll be uh, smiling away at that. Um, 
Yeah, I don't... It'd have to be one of those three. Um, I feel like if it's a process of elimination, you probably eliminate Bakuna first. Um, That's just down to probably goal involvement, really. Um, Then you'd look at Taylor and Hernandez, who's had a bigger impact. I'd probably say of late, Taylor um, has had the biggest impact on the squad. Um, I'd say Hernandez offers more, but Taylor has had the bigger impact, and obviously that is the question. So I will say Lyle Taylor has had the biggest impact on this squad um, of late, and uh, hopefully long may it continue. Yeah, I think for me it's um, it's interesting when, as Blues fans, you get into this sort of kid yourself mould that mode that uh, certain players are actually, you know, we, how many times we've said, oh, you know, Sunic is definitely the best season he's had so far, and you know, it's Juki uh, is, and I'm not, I'm not digging out Juki in any way, shape, or form. Far from it. But I just think that, you know, whether it's Juki, whether it's Hogan, whether it's Deeney, you know, he hasn't actually covered himself in, in glory. And, you know, oh, you know, they've played well today. You know, the goal against Millwall, great finish, still lost the game. You know, it's like we're, we're constantly just looking for anything that is just going to take us to the next game. Whereas now you look at, you know, Bakuna for Sunic, just totally, totally without any question, a much, much better player. And, you know, we're all sort of a bit, um, yeah, questioning when uh, Sanchez moved on and, on, you know, he's obviously injured and then started to do 10,000 keepy-uppies on social media <laughs> uh, in the Mediterranean. And you're like, okay, interesting. But Hernandez is infinitely better simply because he's built more for the for the championship. You know, how many times would San- uh, Sanchez go down cheaply? Whereas, you know, Hernandez, I mean... It, if that tackle had gone in on Sanchez... Sanchez doesn't even come close to Hernandez. And no. I will stand by that for the rest of my no, life. No, he, he, he doesn't. And, and, you know, but we'll get, we'll look back at... I think, was it the goal he scored? Was it against... Cardiff. Reading? Cardiff. And, and you know, we'd seen that on all the highlight reels before he, he came. Like, you know, he's going to do that every week. Well, he did it once. And I'm not saying he's a poor, he was a poor signing, because I think in that at that time, lots of assists in a crap side... But Hernandez is just an obvious level up. And I think, we, you know, with Taylor, you've now got a player that out of all of our strikers, I'm not going to label any of them, out of all of them, if I wanted to anybody with a chance in front of goal, it's Taylor. And, and I know that sounds ridiculous because I've only he's only played four bloody games, but it shows how shit we are because he just, you know, Hogan has got to do it instinctively because he thinks about it, he never scores. Deeney has just looked off it. Glimpses, but off it. And Juki, you just never know. You just, you know, it's he, he scored a lot of goals for Blues, but you could never. I don't think you could say you give him that that guilt edge chance. He's going to take it. So, you know, to to get those three signings that genuinely, genuinely are better. And I think any Blues fans that, that have watched us played are better than what came before. It, it's got to be a major, major positive. And and I'm, as I said before on the pod. What I'm looking forward to more than anything else is to see what they can earth from a defensive point of view. Because logic dictates, if they can find Bakuna, then Christ, what can they find in defence? And I think that will make just the the biggest change altogether. So, um, and, and you know, we were talking before we came on air, and I think the interesting thing, and I'll, I'll, I will check it out there, um, and I'll open up with, with, with you, Carl. So... Lee Bowyer's stock, do you think it's gone up this season or down? And on that basis, let, let, let's say we, we have a decent end to the season, finish 14th, 15th. Why would he stay? When we're on the verge of going 3 0 down to Bournemouth, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily that happy with Mr. Bowyer. Um, but I think that's just the way football fans are. I think if you look at I think you need to look at the, the the season in segments to really answer the question. Up to now, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in the next 13 games or whatever it is. Um, take us up to the Bristol City game, and I think his stock was incredibly high. Um, we then obviously have been on that horrendous run, and it's kind of sunk a lot. And I think it's slowly starting to, to redeem itself, and that is all based around the players that he has got available. 
And I know it seems like a really obvious one to say, if you've got quality players, you can play football. But when he's got the players, look at the performances we've had. So I think his stock is probably risen a bit for the job he's doing when you think about the state of the club as a whole, really. You know, I mean, what, Bakuna is the only player we've actually sent, spent money on in the last, let's ignore last January, but in the last two windows, other than loan signs, I think, if I'm right. And, okay, we're not mid-table yet, but more performances like Saturday, and we will be. And we're 16 points clear of relegation, which I think we were second bottom or near the bottom this time last year. His stock's got to be high. You know, I'm not saying that he's the best manager in the league by a long shot, but it's got to be high for the job he's doing. If he does keep us mid-table or, or get us towards the 14th, 13th, which will be our fin- highest finish for six or seven years or whatever it is, why would he stay? I'd like to think that he believes in this, I hate this term, but project. Um, and I'd like to think that he, you know, he's working, seems to be working well with Craig, for one. They seem to be working well together. And I think that seems to, whatever reason, filter through to the people that needs to filter through to to put the, the money forward for these players. I'd like to think that he'd like to at least see how the transfer window goes. But I guess if a, <clears throat> I don't think if a, if a relegated Newcastle coming from, because I think that's why they've got Eddie Howe personally, but if a team that comes down from the Prem comes knocking for him, would he find that hard to say no to with a higher budget? Would any manager find that hard to say no to? You know, So I'd like to think that he'd like to stay out of the feeling for the club. You know, I think a lot of the fans have made it very clear at games and stuff that they're behind him. And I'd like to think that he would stay, but, you know, if a bigger club comes knocking, not necessarily a bigger club, but a club with a bigger budget and let's say maybe a higher chance of going up and owners who he can actually talk to, then who can blame him for going? But yeah, I'd like him to, to stay. And even if we finish where we are, I think he needs to stay because he started something here and needs to see the job through. Yeah. Tom, what, what do you think on, on Boya, assuming that we, don't know, maybe get a couple of defenders back and, you know, 13 games, probably another three or four wins, going to be mid-table. Um, and, and I think, again, going back to short memories, it's it, it on the face of it, it's a decent job in my, in my view, but what, what, what do you think? Oh, I don't think uh, Boya will go anywhere for a while. To be honest, if... If, if I don't know, I feel like you, you look at it on paper, he has done a really good job. Um, but I don't think football owners will see it that way. Um, you know, I you at the end of the day, football's a results game, and you look at our results this season, they're, they're not great, they're, they're not. Um, I mean, even if you go back to the start of the season, there was fairly high hopes. Um, because of the business we'd done, started well as we usually do. Um, and then we just end up in this situation where we are now and we just sort of fester in that bottom half. Um, but I do I do think we're a better side than we have been in previous years. Um, and I, I think he's fully committed to the cause. I think there's better managers out there that would go to bigger and better places. I think, again, if he was to ever leave, it would probably be in a similar vein of another former club, but you look at where his other former clubs are, I don't think he'll be going anywhere anytime soon. So uh, I'd I'd say it's fine. I think he's quite excited with what he's building and he wants to be the one that turns it around. And I think that's sort of the narrative with most of the people at the club at the moment behind the scenes. They, They just want to be the ones that can turn it around. And, you know, you can sort of see that desperation to do well, um, but sometimes that can be costly if you're not patient. So we'll have to wait and see uh, how things go. But I'm looking forward to the future under Bowie. You know, we're, we're making the right signings. He believes in himself um, and he believes he has what it takes to get out of this league. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But it's all about personnel um, and just change. We've got to get rid yeah. of some of the dead wood in the squad. Um, and rebuild, and uh, I look forward to that next season. But the ownership-wise, they've clearly made multiple false promises to Bowyer. I think that's quite clear. Um, and life will be better when they're gone. Um, but 
for now they're here and if they just keep you know it's all well and good seeing them invest in these little things outside the ground but for one the two giant badges on the front of the stadium I actually think look quite ugly um they're just they've just been slapped on um it it just I don't know it feels like something you do on paint um whereas some of the designs you know the on the other sides are quite nice but the two big badges I don't know don't know it just doesn't settle right with me I quite like the way it was playing at the front with the welcome to Birmingham City blah blah blah, blah. if you're going to put a badge anywhere put it on the back of the goddamn Gil Merrick we've been asking that <laughs> for, that question for a very very long time to be honest I actually think it's down to the council that we didn't Probably. get that done yeah um which doesn't surprise me because I don't think Blues actually have much luck with the council. But hey ho, um, if if the if Birmingham City Centre doesn't want to see a mighty glorious view from over there of a Blues badge on the back of the stadium, then sadly so be it. Um, but I don't know. I feel like they're 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 spending money on cheap things to keep us happy. Um, yeah, when yeah. that's not the way to do it. Just just spend money on players players <laughs> well, I, I think yeah you're right it, it, it's it's token gestures i think it's low-hanging fruit and it's just a bit of a insult to our intelligence to be brutally honest with you i think i think the key the key to all of this is i mean i i personally really rate though yeah I, I i think i've said it many many times i think the difference between you said we obviously we had a good seat starts the season you're right and we have had before but it was a team full of shit houses that as soon as it was relatively easy, they, they thought, okay, well, it's a decent start. We could put our feet up. They did. Um, and some of those players have gone. I hope the rest leave at the, in the summer. And then it's really going to be down to how much will they back him. Now, if it's loan signings, fine. If he can unearth maybe another Bakuna in a different position, then perfect. And I think that is then the time where we can really hand on heart, I think, at Christmas. Really say whether he, he's got the makings of a manager that could take us out of this league or not. Um, I don't want to see Pedersen in a blue shirt next season. Colan would be a bit harsh, but if he moved on, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Um, and, and I think that's really it as far as... I mean, Sunjic, obviously, but he's not getting a game. But th- that's the what I'd class the last four or five years of just turgid just nothing players out of the club and then we can start again um and that's the time where it's not about slapping badges on buildings it's not about you know fixing scoreboards it's about put your money where your mouth is is a good manager and give him what he's asking within reason because what he's got what he's done with those three signings fucking hell it's not it's cost it's cost next to nothing and you know if we can then roll that out for four five six players then that's that's how I will measure him, and if he gets if he gets those players, and it's we I think hopefully when we're doing the pod at the start of next season, we're genuinely excited to see what's coming, and then I think that's where we we can measure his performance. But uh, I think the ne- obviously the next uh, measurement of performance is a, a very tough game at the weekend. Um, you know, a, a side that's probably gone back to its roots of pretty turgid shit but effective football um so thought thoughts on the game at the weekend tom what where, 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 how do you think it's going to go um stoke game it's going to be tough um they're obviously a good side uh been a bit out of form actually of late um and another one that's shown glimpses of what it can be and is supposed to be but has just fallen off and largely down to injuries. Um, you know, Nick Powell probably being the biggest injury that Stoke sustained, considering how much of an how much of an impact he probably had on that Stoke side, especially first half of the season. Um, so yeah, and but the the addition of Josh Madger, you know, two goals in two games, we were linked with him as well. Sort of looks written in the stars for him to grab a goal. Um yeah, it's not going to be easy, but we do seem to play all right whenever we play Stoke. So um, hopefully, you know, like we do with Luton, we can continue that sort of particular team form, if you will. Um, 
And yeah, I I just hope we can get something out of the game. I take a point away at Stoke because they are a good side and they are starting to find their feet a little bit again, uh, especially with some good additions in January, like Josh Madger and Lewis Baker. Lewis Baker has definitely surprised me. He's been like here, there and everywhere, loan-wise, um, and never really settled, but he does seem to have found a home at Stoke. So it's not going to be easy. Um I think they'll be looking to bounce back after throwing away what could have been a huge three points at the city ground. And they'll probably feel they should have won that game against Forest as well. So uh, they'll be looking to bounce back, whereas hopefully we'll be looking to sort of carry on a bit of a good run, build, build some momentum. Um, but sadly with Blues, we don't, you look at us this season, consistency is the last thing we've had. Yeah. Um to be honest with you. So uh, we'll, we'll see, but I would I would take a draw, but I'd like us to get a win and I wouldn't rule it out, that's for sure. And Carl, thoughts? Yeah, I think it's going to be incredibly tough. I think Stoke generally have been a tough team to play this year. And I think, okay, we could have beaten them at St Andrews at the start of the season, but I think 0-0 was probably a fair result on the day. Um, yeah, I think, I think we've got to go there and be happy with the point. I think anything more than that is just a bonus. Um, I would like us to to go there and have a go but there are times we've gone to teams this season I think we've looked scared but what I'm hoping is the confidence from Saturday's game will just flow through you know and it's showing them that they can play football against the top 10 side albeit you know maybe then one of the weaker top 10 sides Luton so yeah tough game uh, decent additions in January decent players all over the park in general Um, but yeah I think think probably a one or draw would, would be enough. You know, take a point from there again and carry that performance through to um, the Reading game on Tuesday night, Tuesday week. And, yeah. um, you know, that's really, that's the game we really need to be targeting to win out of the two. But um, yeah, point would be, be enough, I think, for us this weekend. Yeah, I just hope that we don't approach the game in that sort of similar, relatively pragmatic way that we've done I think in part, certainly against Bournemouth, a little bit against Sheffield United, where we, we just didn't really get it down and play. I'd rather see us, like you said, see see if that can be effective against another decent side. Um, going to be tough because they're going to be in our faces. But yeah, I, I think to uh, yeah probably be incredibly boring. I'm probably with both of you. I think uh, draw feels like probably the the most likely outcome. I can't see us keeping a clean sheet, if I'm being honest. I think they're going to be pose a much more of a potent threat than uh, than Luton did at the weekend. But we look like we've got a goal in us, and my God, I didn't think I'd be saying that at this time of the season. <laughs> so, um, yeah, one one two two something like that. Um, but it, it, it's good to, I, th- I think, go in with a little bit of a bit of optimism. But, but you're right, Carl. I mean, the Reading game is that that sort of... If, if there was any doubt, there certainly wouldn't be if we beat them. Um, so I, I think that's really got to be the focus. So um, That's why you know we won't win that game. Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> I will beat yeah. Stoke and there. Uh, absolutely guaranteed. So, uh, so yeah. Right. Um, well, I would say, uh, let's, have a, let's have a quick dream pick before we go. Um, without, obviously, it's going to be one of, probably one of the trio, but... Uh, Carl, as it was your birthday on Saturday, you can go first and it has your uh, trademark dream pick. It's a really boring and obvious one, but I'll go with Hernandez. He's the only one I've not backed in, in, in the whole of this pod, so I'll choose him this time. Um, just because I just think he gives us that, that he's got the pace, he's got the power, he's got the feet, the trickery, the vision. You know, I mean, the goal he scored at the weekend, he should have hit that about... 10 seconds before we actually did and he still scored. So, yeah, I mean, to see him start, and I'm pretty sure he will start unless anything goes wrong, touch when it doesn't. But, yeah, him starting alongside the uh, the Taylor and uh, Bakuna powerhouses that we've got, the Caribbean powerhouses, then, uh, yeah. Sorry, Caribbean trio. Sorry, Adam. And uh, <laughs> I'll be edited out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course will. Um, but yeah, Hernandez to start, which I think is, you know, he's probably going to be one of the first names on the team sheet alongside the other two, but he'd be my pick for the game. Yeah. Tom? Um, going to go for a bit of a different one, actually. Um, I hope he comes back injur- from injury and is fit for the game, but I'm actually going to go for Scott Hogan. And I'm going Scott Hogan for shit house purposes only um 
just because I know there's a little bit of bad blood between him and Stoke because of how poor his loan move was. And obviously, in, in an interview, he did make that comment about how, um, you know, when he was asked about how what how did it affect him playing in an empty stadium. And um, he said, I was used to playing in an empty stadium at the Bet365 anyway. <laughs> so, uh, th- there we are. Um, but I, I do think Scotty would love a goal against Stoke because um, he definitely got a lot of stick when he was there. So, uh, yeah, just for shithouse purposes and shithouse purposes alone, Scott Hogan. I, I want to see the celebration. Yeah, well, I'm, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see your shithouse and raise you a bigger shithouse. So, obviously, Mr. Taylor is my dream pick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a bit uh, obvious, but, uh, yeah, definitely one, one player that really, really enjoy watching play uh, for, for lots and lots of reasons. So, uh, so yeah. Right, boys. But I think time is time. Uh, thank you very much for your contributions, Tom. Um, fantastic outfit. Uh, great effort. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what you 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 don next time. Um, and Carl, thanks a lot, mate. Thanks for your contributions. Yeah, no worries, mate. Fun as ever. Right. Well, that there we go. That's it for another pod. Um, off to uh, lovely Stoke. Dear oh dear. Um, had a few interesting nights there watching the Blues. So uh, hopefully it won't be anything like that, and we will hopefully come away with at least a point, maybe three. But until then, keep right on and stay safe. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share box ready to go, your mates are already booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.